Welcome to the Exit Strategy, your no bullshit guide to divorce with the experienced attorneys from New Direction Family Law and guests that have been there. Unfiltered discussions to help you move from victim to victorious and from bitter to better. Hi, I'm Elizabeth Stevenson with New Direction Family Law. And I'm Sarah Hink, her law partner and podcast partner. And crime. And crime. <laughs> and sometimes drinking partner. Yeah. We are here today to discuss with you, you know, what happens if you violate a court order? Yeah. What's the remedy for that? Well, there's lots of remedies and it's up to the judge to decide what yes. that remedy might be. <laughs> so, you know, a lot of times we go to court, we get a temporary custody order or temporary child support order and then what? So they stop following it. They, you know show a plate uh, for an exchange and uh, that happens a couple of times or they decide they want to keep the child and they don't even exchange the child with you and then there's times where people aren't paying their bills like they're supposed to aren't paying your child support all sorts of ways that people violate court orders yeah if you don't do what a judge says they are not necessarily happy about that so that's why we on the first note why we like to settle because you have a say so in what you will or will not do in in some respects but yeah Sometimes, you know, we'll go to court and the judge will render his decision or send it to us in an email. And it's like you send it to the client. And it's like, well, I want two. I don't want week on week off. I want two weeks on week off. Can't we do that? Um, no. Once you go to court and a judge gives you an order, it's an order that you must follow. Exactly. And unfortunately, too, a lot of people think that, oh, well, he's late to the exchange. I'm going to call the police and they'll go get my kid. Probably not. No. They don't want to get involved in all that. <laughs> no. So a lot of people think that they can get law enforcement involved in uh, a lot of times these custody orders. Right. Even if you have a custody order that says, I'm supposed to have my child at 315 today, a lot of times offices will say, no offense to them, they got a lot going on. It's a domestic matter. I'm not going to get involved in this. So, yeah. so what's a remedy, Sarah? So that's when you call your attorney right. and say, okay, well, he's constantly late to the exchanges. Or, you know, I didn't get him the kids this past weekend. What can I do? And your attorney is going to say, well, we will maybe firsthand try to reach out to the Mm -hmm. other attorney if there is one and see if we can somehow solve this without going to court. Correct. (laughs) But if that is a dead end road and that's not going to happen, then you file a what we call a motion for order to show cause and motion for contempt and ask the court to hold them in contempt for violating the order. Right. And so the the court has a wide range of repercussions that can happen to you and there are two types of contempt and even attorneys get a little confused about it and judges <laughs> i think judges are the most confused yeah, because there's what there's civil contempt and there's criminal contempt but even civil contempt if the judge finds you're in contempt can send you to jail right until you do what you're supposed to do yes and if you don't then you stay in jail right. until you do so criminal contempt is looked at as a punishment right. like i want you to comply with my order and because you have not, and I want you to, you know, keep trying to comply with it after the fact, but I'm going to punish you for failing to do that, and you're going to go to jail. Right. Or it's like a lot of times criminal contempt is something that you cannot purge. Like mm-hmm. you miss 10 visitations. You can't go back and make up those visitations Correct. per se. So what they're going to say is you're going to go sit in jail for at least 30 days, and you're going to pay a fine. Mm-hmm. And then when you get out, we may modify that. Judge can modify your custody order, too, on their own while you're there for contempt. And then for a lot of times the support payments, the first few times that it's going to be a, a purge, as right. you said before, you can you know make that right. You can pay mm-hmm. back that $5,000 you owe. Right. So it so that can be the form of civil contempt. Right. Is when, okay, you need to pay this and then purge yourself of the contempt and then 
you're good to go. There might be attorney's fees you have to pay on top of that. Right. If you're found in contempt, I think the statute is you you shall. Mm-hmm. And even if you purge yourself, you, could, you might still have to pay the attorney's fees. But a lot of times you'll be at the end of the hearing, you know, and you're sitting with your client. And the judge goes, Send, you know, deputies take him into custody. And I've yet to see someone, you know, the jail is right across the street from us. Yeah. And I've never seen someone not come up with five, ten, fifteen thousand dollars by the time they get to the other side of the street, they which is king to me. How yes. They do and the that. judges know that too. Yeah. There's a lot of people who just are very defiant of court orders and they right. don't think anything's gonna happen to them. Right. And the and the rules, especially if you're you know, got this narcissist sort of thing yeah. going on that I'm always right and you can't tell me what to do and Unfortunately, or fortunately, if it's your client, a lot of times the first time it, they won't send you to jail. Right. It does feel like you can get away with anything. They're right. going to give you a little slap on the wrist, right. maybe admonish you and like, you know, say, don't do this again. You better straighten up. Right. So it's a little, I mean, I've had clients <laughs> be held in contempt and it's not fun. It's like, just follow the order. You right. know, if you don't, if you want to change it, we can talk about changing it and modifying it. But you don't mess around with the judge's order. Right. They get a little cranky. And there has to be an order in place. Speaking of, we keep using the word order. (laughs) Right. So, you know, in some of my cases, I wait months for a court order. So even though everyone heard what the judge said, there's no order signed and in the court file. Right. And people are still going off doing whatever they want. Right. And that can be very frustrating because there's nothing that us attorneys can do at that moment. Right. And then, you know, you also have, like you said at the beginning, oh, they didn't, they were 15 minutes late. And you get a call from a client. I want to do criminal, you know, contempt charges right now. Go to jail. Like, like, let's talk about that because that's probably not going to be enough for a contempt. Yeah. And that's where it comes to listening to your attorney because through all this, at the very uh, front of it, you're paying your attorney to file another motion. You're paying your attorney to go to court. So there's those upfront costs. Like if the other person's found in contempt, they may owe your attorney's fees back, but there are upfront costs to this. Right. And you want to make sure that you're taking a good case to court to be heard. And the other thing, if you're subject to jail time, there are whole lots of protections for the defendant or the contemptor. So it may be three months before you get to court. It could be longer than that. You can go and mm-hmm. get continued, and then it, things keep happening. So you may have to keep filing, you know, contempt motions because all you can be, let's say you get there in December and your motion only has things through August, that's all they can be held on contempt on. So mm-hmm. it can get expensive. At the end of the day. So you want to make sure that it's worth it yeah. to do that. And the judge will get to know you as well as the filer of these motions. <laughs> so if you are a person who maybe has filed too often and over little things like we were speaking of before, like one time being 15 minutes late, right. you know, a day late on a child support payment, the judge is going to remember the folks who file and <laughs> abuse this uh, system of coming to court in hopes of maybe the other person would get in trouble, go to jail, right, what right, have you. Right. So you do want to be careful how often you, you do it and, and make sure, you, like we said, we bring a good case to the court. Right. And, you know, the judge can, on its own, sees you come into court a lot, appoint a parent coordinator mm-hmm. because now they see this as a high conflict yeah. case, you know. So if someone has filed a complaint against or a motion against you and they want to hold, hold, like hold you in contempt, then you're going to get served with an order to appear and show cause. And that will have... A couple of court dates on it. Typically, if you're in White County, they go ahead and give you two court dates. And the first is one for your appearance. So what is that court date all about? It's about the judge. It's sort of like what you see on TV. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you have a right to, uh, to hire your own attorney or you can have one appointed for you in contempt. Even though it's family, it's a family law issue. You can have a attorney appointed to you where the state picks up the cost on that. But it had, but it's income based. Yes. 
So you just go and the judge says, you pick and choose. Do you want one appointed? Do you want to represent yourself? Do you want an attorney? That's all that first you appearance is about. You are advised of your rights. Right, right. And so that's 15 minutes maybe. The person who filed the motion doesn't even need to be mm-hmm. there that day. And then the next court date will be the actual, unless it's continued, right, the actual right. hearing on the contempt charges. Right. And it's sort of backwards. And, and we always tell, I think we say to clients, all the time, let's file a show cause. And they, well, that sounds weird. What does yeah. that mean? <laughs> means that the person that you're filing again has to come into court and it's his burden or her burden to show cause why they should not be held in contempt. Right. So you don't even have to, you know, you may not even testify, but the other person's going to testify. Right. You know, and it's, and if it's criminal, it's beyond reasonable doubt. But if it's civil, it's just they got to get a little yeah. over and they may or may not be held in contempt. Yeah. And he, I see judges get so mad at these things, though. <laughs> and I, I, rightly so. They put in a court order what's supposed to happen if someone's violating that following the order they put in place. They're going to be mad. They do send people to jail. They do. I mean, I don't know that they don't hesitate, but they don't. <laughs> some days don't it doesn't seem like it. <laughs> like it, I know. And sometimes they'll double up and say, well, if this keeps happening, well, let's go ahead and file a motion to modify. So then the court's going to hear all that while they're modifying mm-hmm. an order. So that goes that could hurt you, too, in a modification if you're the one not following the yeah. order. It's not like I love sending people to jail, but when... The, they when it's hear that they're gonna <laughs> then they all of a sudden are in the courtroom and they hear like okay deputies yeah he's gonna go to jail right now and then like they start crying and they never think it's gonna happen but and then you, they also get put on probation for a year and like the last time i did it they said okay well if you violate this court order in any way right and you're going back, back to, jail. to jail you're on probation for a year right and i have, I have this crazy case going on for years and years 18 i think 18 okay. years no since 18 <laughs> and we has been held in contempt i think five times and the day before the purge because a lot of times they'll say that you know you're going to jail it's suspended come back in 20 days Mm -hmm. or 30 days and pay your expense right and damn if you didn't walk in every time and have cash money and is and purges himself and never has, never goes to jail. He does pay attorney's fees, but obviously that's not a problem for him. Yeah. But he, I think there ought to be at some point you can't purge, you know. Yeah. Shouldn't be able to purge yourself. Automatic. Go jail. to jail. Yeah. yeah. Go to jail. <laughs> Don't collect $200. Go yeah. to jail. I but. wish. Yeah. But. So, so that's more so the criminal contempt. The civil, like we said before, was like, pay this, purge yourself. Right. And one of those can be, if you don't purge yourself, then you do face jail time too. Right. So either way, even though it's a civil, you can be sitting in the Wake County Jail for a little bit. All right. So let's think about the defense here. If you're representing someone who is late on their child support or hasn't paid, you know, what are the things that we could show to defend ourselves against a contempt charge? One, you have to have a valid order that's in place. Mm -hmm. And then you have to be willful about it. So if you lost your job, You've been actively looking for a job. You yeah. don't, you've used all your savings. You don't have money that you can pull out or something like that. Then it's not willful on your part. Right. You have to have the ability, ability to, to pay it. Yeah. Right. So that's one way that you can not have to be pay it and then not be held in contempt. Yeah. The order still stays in place. Right. So that person will still need to pay up one day. Yeah. And not, what I say to clients is if you can pay $5, if you can make some good faith effort to pay something, judges, I think, really appreciate that that yes. in some way. They'll give you a lot of, if it actually is an ability to pay right. situation, they'll give you some slack on that. Right, right. So, you know, there is a defense to it. Yeah. But. In the same respect for like a custody order, if you are trapped in a snowstorm in New York City and you can't get out, although you can usually get out in New York City. Anyways, a different place. 
and you can't get there for the exchange well, you of the child. Get, or your flight isn't coming out. Yeah. You can't get here. You, you can't, can't be really, held in contempt. You can't be held in contempt for that because it was beyond your powers. Right. And so I've had a case, this was years ago too, where it was a 16, 17-year-old wouldn't get on the plane. You know, mom literally went with them, tried mm-hmm. to get them on the plane, kicking and screaming, would not go. Judge held her and condemned. Yeah. Said it was, I don't know how that's you willful. You see different aspects of that because a lot of times people they will not hold them in contempt if the kids right they'll say i can't make a 16 year old do what they don't want to do and how do we show that it's actually a 16 year old and they haven't been like alienated by mom or dad and actually hard and you know maybe it's just a judge having a bad day miss lunch you know yeah. i had to work late i don't know hangry <laughs> hangry <Yeah. laughs> which does happen and they're all they're you know judges are human and i think sometimes we forget that in yeah. the cases that they have to sit there and listen to all day. But there's a, a lot of people think that as long as the kids say they don't want to go, then they don't have to go. And you have then to I can't be in them. contempt. You have to encourage them. I mean, literally put them in a car, drive them over there. They won't get out. They won't get out. Yeah. You know, mm. which is a shame. Yeah. What if you lock them in? You tell them, like, if you guys get out of the car, then I'm not going to do this with you. You're not going to go to Disney. Yeah, I could. And I you could try, try to, to tell them mom's going to go to jail. Mom's going to go. And they do. Yeah, they, they, they do this. say that. It's like heartbreaking how you see the parents alienate children against the other parent. With they're going to send me to jail. They want to send me to jail. Blah blah, I, blah blah blah. But it's not so hard too. As a parent, I mean, I've never had to go through this, but it would break my heart if I took if my child did not want to go, kicking and screaming at dad's house. I don't want to, you know. It, but then you got to let him. It, it, what do you do? I mean, I would be. It would just break my heart to to leave that child there. I don't know. I'm, I mean, it's hard. It's hard. I think there's a lot that we don't know from, you know, how much of a, is that from someone saying something about the other parent or, or is the is other parent really going that on? awful? Oh, right. So you don't know. But something's going on. You know, something's going on somehow. No. What's maybe both other? houses. <laughs> I don't know. But that's the problem in the, in the reality of these custody cases is that there's only so much that we can prove in court. Well, especially if it's a small there. child, because. You know, the child comes home and says, this happened and this happens. Well, that's great, but I can't get that in as evidence. Hey, y'all. It's Jen with New Direction Family Law. And if you've ever been through a divorce, you may have guessed or found out that determining who gets what property can be one of the most complicated and confusing issues of divorce. It is so important that you're represented by an experienced family law attorney who knows marital property law and will advocate for your best interest. New Direction Family Law has over 30 years experience protecting the rights of our clients and their assets. We aggressively advocate, we support, and we absolutely educate our clients to achieve the best possible outcomes. So give us a call today to schedule an initial consultation at 919-719-3470, or you can reach us at our website at newdirectionfamilylaw.com. We've got your assets covered. Have you had a contempt case with there's a refusal to go and subpoenaed the kids? No. Well, one time, and a judge that will rename nameless looked at me and said, Miss Stevenson, if you do that, it will not look good for your client. They asked us because I have a case similar to this, like right now. I'm like, oh, maybe I should subpoena the kids, but you don't want to have to do that. If they're 17 or 16, I think that's okay. But these are, but 10, 11, I just think that's, I think that's wrong. You can cut, if you think something's going on and you have a good faith basis for it, your child has said something that calls CPS. Yeah. Get him to a therapist is the best thing to do, is what I would say. My two cents. 
No, those are all good suggestions. Uh, my, you know, I'm on the other end of things where the kids don't want to come to to my house, I would say. Your kids? Not my kids. <laughs> <laughs> These make-believe children <laughs> that I'm talking about don't want to come over. Yeah, those situations are just hard. I agree. So, and sometimes as a parent, the best advice you can do is like take a breath, sit back, check in. You don't have to come this weekend. I understand. You know, kids are smart. They get it. And especially a teenager, you keep pushing on them. They're going to yeah. push back. You know, so sometimes you just got to not do anything at that point sometimes. But what's the point sometimes when they're 16, 17 years old? I mean, sometimes they're, they're younger. Younger, different. Yeah, I agree. Different. Yeah. Refer different. back to the episode in, about how to talk to your children about divorce. <laughs> um, so sometimes we get folks that call in that they are here now, have been for here in Wake County for six months or more, and they want, they're interested in finding out what they can do because an order is not being followed, but the order is not out of North Carolina or Wake County. What needs to happen in those instances? Well, it needs to be registered. First, yeah. it needs to be registered for enforcement. And that's literally. There's a form on the AOC Administrative Office of the Courts or contact an attorney, fill it out, and it gets set for hearing, and the judge registers it. And then you can file a motion for contempt. Right, if that's an out-of-state order. order. If it's a different county, then you probably just need to stay in that county until there's good reason to transfer it to the new county you live in. Right. Out-of-state, yeah, you register it. Right, because we don't have jurisdiction over that. But uh, that's advice for anybody. Whether you're having problems or not, if you're moving in from another state, I would just register it mm-hmm. in case something pops up. You can register it for enforcement. Mm-hmm. You can register it to modify it. Mm-hmm. And then we've talked a lot about court orders, but a lot of our clients have separation agreements that outline the terms of custody, mm-hmm. child support, things like that. So if somebody is not following the terms of the separation agreement, what's recourse for that? Go to court. <laughs> you end up in court anyways. Yeah, well, it's breach of contract, which it... it which is like if you bought a car and you didn't pay it, same difference. It's like if somebody's not following it, but you're not going to go, it's not contempt. You're not going to go to jail. Right. The problem with that is if it's like they owe you back child support, like they owe you $50,000 in back child support, all the court can do is enter a judgment and you can not register. What's the word I want? And register judge- with the clerk and then it has, you have to re-register it every 10 years and it just goes on their credit report or if they, you know, sell a house or they have a bank account, you can attach to that. But the court, that's why court order is so different because the court can go back and order that person to pay you that amount now and not have to go through a judgment. So there is a difference in that respect. So then would you, because I know sometimes when people do separation agreements, there's I don't feel like it happens too often around here that I've seen anyway, but registering separation agreements with the court. I know there's pros and cons to that. So can you speak a little bit? Would that help alleviate some of that mm-hmm. or how does that work? It would. And you, depending on which side you're on is why you would want to either make, incorporate, <laughs> incorporate it or not. So you, what you would do is you have a contract and so you're not divorced yet. So then you're eventually going to go through the divorce to get your absolute divorce and remarry, what have you. And through that process, you can incorporate your divorce or the separation agreement into the divorce decree and make those terms in order of the court. I think the standard is to not do that. Right. Um, And there's different reasons to do it. I think a lot of the reason is these people did a separation agreement because they don't want a court They don't want to go to court. They're hoping to. They've already worked together to resolve their issues. 
in something without going to court. So let's like Why stay on that path. Let's stay on that right, road. Right. And, you know, if something comes up down the line, talk to your attorney. We can send some letters back and forth, maybe, but we'll resolve these issues mm-hmm. amicably or through an amendment to the separation agreement and stay out of court. So if you incorporate it and there's terms for alimony in there, well, that might be modifiable down the road. Right. And that's dangerous for people who are going to be paying that alimony if the other people ask for more or right. be they want less and modify it down. So you need to think about that whenever you're going through your negotiations. Same thing with like child support, but you can always file in court for child support. So right. it's not as big of an issue. Right. Same thing with custody too. You mm-hmm. can always file with court for that. And custody terms are not generally what you're going to file a breach of contract over because the court can't be <laughs> like, okay, you owe them, you know, a week of visitation from last summer. It's, I mean, it just right, you're just going to file out. a complaint for custody and yeah, get it that doesn't modified. really work that way. So definitely talk to your attorney about incorporating the separation agreement or not. I generally do not do that. Also, then all your right. terms are then a court order and in the court file, and everybody knows your business. <laughs> everyone knows like the last four digits of your you know accounts. You don't want that. And how much money you had in your four hundred one k? And yeah, sometimes we will do a memorandum and register that with the register of deeds and all that really says is that there is a separation agreement out there right and we can buy and sell property yes pretty much yeah know. early in a free trader in there but just notifies like okay these people have a separation agreement right right and if you want to see it ask one of them for it um <laughs> can't go to the court and same thing it. with like a prenup sometimes you register right. a prenup and it says hey these people have a prenup right. so down the road the other person can't say oh that's not true we don't have a prenup it's like oh it's with the register <laughs> of deeds talking about mr costner (laughs) (laughs) tbd teaser for an upcoming (laughs) episode (laughs) yeah so uh with contracts you might still end up in court but you're not going to be getting a court order to enforce it and well you'll get a court order you'll get get a court order for breach of contract and then you got a court order so then if they breach it again then you got a contempt so it's like a (laughs) two-step process yes yes (laughs) And generally, your attorney is going to advise you based on their experience what they think you're best with. Right. You know. Right. I, I hear people and I'm like, oh, these two can work together. I think a separation agreement's going to work right. well for them. Or, I, you know, you get in the case and you're like, oh, no, let's so let's can, consider just going to court. Right. So you have court orders and then you have consent orders. Is yeah. there a difference when it comes to contempt if it's consent or not now? I think it helps a little bit because <laughs> your whole line of questioning is, now, sir. You, you saw you could agree to this and you understood the terms yeah. and it makes yeah. it a little harder to get the willfulness sometimes exactly. out of there. So just my thoughts. Yeah. But I mean, you face jail time in family court if you don't do what you're told. That's right. That's the bottom line. That's do what you're told. Exactly. <laughs> Ain't that some just <laughs> Thanks for listening. Don't forget to leave us a review. You can visit us at newdirectionfamilylaw.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at the exit strategy underscore podcast or email us at exit strategy at new direction family We'll be back next time with more no bullshit content about life, divorce, parenting, relationships, and everything in between.